Hey there, everybody. This is Cami and TJ with a final week of Halloween bonus episodes from the Foxfire Archives. It's finally here. It's <laughs> finally. With, all right, favorite Halloween candy? Go. Oh my gosh, that's so hard. Nope. Just first thing that comes to your mind. Oh, Milky Ways. I used to love Milky Ways when I was a kid, but I'm really into a lot of different candies now. Yeah, you've expanded your palate. Yeah. Although I will say, like my special Halloween candy was root beer barrels. Because I never had root beer barrels any other time of the year except for school. one house that I went to trick-or-treating at when I was a kid. And they would give us A&W root beer barrels. <laughs> that's, that's, that's good. Yeah. I think my two, if I could, like, there's something, I, I'm not a big Reese's peanut butter cup guy overall. They're so good. But Halloween, yes. Like when they come and then. I used to love the commercials for the peanut butter cups. Yes. They had cool with commercials. The vampire. Out, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other one is is the Chico stick. The Chico stick. And I don't know if people know what Chico sticks yes. are. It's essentially a Butterfinger without the chocolate, but rolled in coconut dust. Mm. And they were these really cheap candies See, that we used to, to get at, the, at this little store of the street. They were kind of popular in my neighborhood. Uh, they're like 10 cents for a stick of them, but a lot of people put them in their Halloween bag or their Halloween stash. And always getting Chico sticks on Halloween was special. Can't beat a good Twix either. Oh, that's, yeah, it's solid. Yeah. Solid. The worst was my dad would always take some of my Halloween candy because, you know, that's what dads do apparently. It's a tax. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> you got to pay a parent tax. <laughs> so he would, he would steal some of my Halloween candy and stick it in the freezer because he knew I wouldn't eat the frozen candy and that's how he likes to eat his candy is frozen. Right on. So. Is there anything that he had like that he would get it before you had a chance to get peanut to it? Peanut butter cups. <laughs> yeah. He took all of my peanut butter cups. And if we had Reese's pieces, like No. Never gonna see it. those again. Yeah. Your dad is a, a man after my own heart. <laughs> He's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm biased. So anyway. <laughs> So this week we have one more story for you and it is another witch tale and it comes from Mary Carpenter who lived in Scaly Mountain, North Carolina, which is really close to where we're at. Mary is a very animated individual. Um, I will mention that the audio is a little bit poor just from when it was recorded in 1973, um, but I do still hope you enjoy the story. She shares a story similar to Dawn's about a witch enchanting one of their animals, specifically her cow. And so she walks the students through this tale of her enchanted cow that wasn't producing um, appropriate milk for her to churn. And she tells the students how she, how she managed to break the enchantment and the witch never bothered her again. And she actually um, continued in the interview to go on and tell the students about how great a neighbor this witch was and how well they got along after this. So it's interesting to see how these individuals who are you know, witches or have magical powers are still integrated into the community and how they still rely on each other and build yeah. these relationships. But well, we've had a lot of conversations with people even outside the organization about this whole idea of like the witch, the granny witch, the healer, 
what that is. And, and I feel like there are a lot of, um, there are healers in the Foxfire repertoire, like in our archive, who would not want to be associated with that term. So we, we try to be careful not to utilize it unless they self-identified as a granny witch or a witch. And in rare cases that happens, like Ron Reno that we talked about uh, in a previous um, uh, Halloween special. But um, yeah, it's, you know, there's uh, root medicine, healing through uh, native herbs, natural plants. Those are things that there is a, you know, a continuity of tradition that dates way, way, way back in a lot of different cultures. It's just the, the ways in which they are viewed. And sometimes the witch label was placed on somebody by people who are, you know, uh, of the Christian faith or, or of another faith who viewed that kind of work as interfering, right, um, with God's plan or what have you. So it's just, it's a really interesting term in the way people utilize it. And, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of evidence, though, too, like Amy was saying, where, you know, they're neighbors. Oh, yeah, she's the local healer or the local witch. But, you know, we get along great. <laughs> We're buddies. We're fine. You know, they, they recognize it as a useful, somebody useful, because those, those are also a lot of times your midwives. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the people that you would go to if you can't get to a doctor or a lot in instances you didn't have a choice. Like the healer was where you had to go. And we see this in all kinds of different cultures. And the closest culture to this one that I've ever seen this in is the Tratur tradition in southwest Louisiana, which is a cool, cool healing tradition down there. So, Yeah. Anyway, we hope you guys have enjoyed this month's little special episode series. And if you have any comments or want, want to know more about these storytellers or the stories that they're sharing, be sure to check out our website. We've posted full transcripts of all of the stories as well as some additional uh, commentary that expands a little bit more on the folklore and the science behind some of these things that they share. And um, we will have a brand new, fresh episode, full length, uh, up and ready for you guys in November. So be sure to check that out. And be sure to look out for the new Foxfire book, Foxfire Story, which will be out in April of 2020. So we're just, we're less than six months, we're about six months away. Yeah. Be here before we know it. Exciting times. Unfortunately. Thank you again. Happy Halloween. Uh, Mary, you know, change, change the subject. What about that uh, might get you to tell about that witch tale? You know, about oh, you yeah. turn on a dime that really happened to you? I mean, it's really Oh, I told that last time. You ain't got that yet. Well, we got it. These kids had it. They had it. You know, it's it's a really neat story, and I think it's one that, you know, they might do yeah, a story, a story like it's the truth. Okay. <laughs> really the truth. If I'm a second in this chair, and I am. We lived on Mud Creek down with Ski Slope. Y'all ever been there actually here? Not yet. I've heard that. Well, we lived down on Mud Creek, and we had a Jersey cow. And she'd get real rich milk. Well, I milk, and we had a big churn. Every other day, I'd churn. So I went to churn one day. There wasn't nothing in the churn but bluish looking water. So it like whey on buttermilk. Y'all seen whey right on buttermilk. But it looked like that. And, well, I don't know. I know you know what cottage cheese is. It just looked like old threads and curdled up stuff in that milk. Well, I couldn't imagine what had happened to my churn. So I just went and poured it out in the brightness. I didn't give it to the hall. That way it might hurt them. So I poured it out the next day. Then there wasn't refrigerators. Well, they might have been for some people, but we as poor people, we didn't have one. And we didn't even have electricity then. So 
I went to the spring box that night to get my milk. I had a big wooden box made in the spring, you know, where the water would run through it. Take one in, out the other, good and deep on the job. I picked it up and it looked the same way. When John come from work, I said to him, I said, John, there's something wrong with our cow's milk. I said, uh, I want you to look at this before we're churning out the same. He said, I wouldn't use that. I said, I ain't going to. And I went for it. Well, the next day, the same way. Well, Edgar McCall come out for the house. He's working for Don Brooks on my creek. He had a bunch of work hands out. He said, run the song with They come to my house and talk to him to get some water. And I was talking to Edgar about Oh, he said, it's about this time of year. He said, uh, when the elders are blooming, old people say it's milk harder to churn. Oh, I said, I've always heard that. But I said, it's got nothing to do with it. It's the way you fix your churn what makes it hard to churn. I thought I can churn it churn in 10 minutes. And I said, it ain't that. I want you to look at it. So I took the cloth off my churn, leaned it over, and it looked just like way with them curdled up things. He said, I don't know what'd be the matter. I said, Darlene, that's my daughter. I said, run the spring, get that jug of milk put out there and see what it looks like. And she run back and come back. It looks the same way. He said, I don't know what could be the matter. Well, that was over about the middle of the week, and I just kept Bring it up to see if it get better and pouring it out with him here. And we went down to John's people, his mother's age. And she was older than me, and I thought maybe she'd know something about it, you know. So I, we was cooking supper, and Granddad was sitting in the front room. And I said, Grandma, I want to tell you something. And she said, what? I said, uh, there's something wrong with my cow's milk. I said, I can strain it up, and it's just blue-looking water, and look like old curdled-up dough twiddles, or cottage cheese or something in it, and the churn is the same way. She said, how long has it been that Oh, I said, for three or four days or a week, we ain't had no milk. I've been pouring it out. Well, Granddad was listening to me, and he spoke up, and he said, Mary, baby, your cow's for weeks. I stepped to the door like here was the living the kitchen, and I was living room. I said, what'd you say, Granddad? And he said, maybe you're somebody's bewitched your cow. I said, what's that? Well, he said, they is witches. I said, they are, and he said, yes. And Grandma, she said, it might be right your door neighbor. I said, well, what'll I do? Well, Granddad said, you put your milk in a, a churn and put your dime in it and churn on and the witch will come. I said, what'll I do when they come? He said, just turn on. And said, they'll want to borrow it three times. I don't know what they'll be, but it'll be three things they'll ask for. And if you don't let them have nothing, then that'll break the week on your cow. I said, well, I'll try. And Grandma said to me, she said, if you put a broom under the door, and they step over the broom, that'll break their witchery until they can't never bewitch nothing else. I said, I will. Now, this is the truth, but I ever did tell it, and it's the truth. I uh, come on back home. My sister lived down the little random white creek. And I went down there and told her, I said, come up tomorrow, I'm going to turn on the dime, the witches are coming. She said, Mary, you better not. I said, I will too. She said, what do you do if the witches are coming? Well, I said, she want to borrow something, I ain't going to let her have it. I said, I've got to have my cow back normal again. But she said, what if she jumps on you? I said, I'll bash her head in my turn day. <laughs> I would have. If she'd come at me, I'd have turned that day right in right. <laughs> she said, Mary, did you know you can't kill a witch unless you've got a silver bullet? Well, I said, I don't have a silver bullet. 
and I reckon the Lone Ranger does. I don't know where he is, but I said, I'm going to churn on a dime. Well, she said, I'm not coming. I said, you better come on up there. You don't see a witch. And she said, what if she don't come? I said, I'll churn until she does come. She said, what if you churn all evening? I said, then I'll churn all evening. So over about one o'clock, she come. And she had three children, Marvin and Jesse Fagan. No, Charles, his name, they called him Doug. So her three and my three was out in the yard playing, and they got, I had a porch, the steps was low. I had a little old porch, and I had it balanced up, two strips across the end and down the side, and across that end and up the side, and where the step was, Marvin and Aline had crawled on the floor. Aline had a broom, and he crawled up on there and put a broom across the doorway where the witch would have to step over to come in on the porch. Well, I went to turn. Marvin, he come around to the door, and he said, the witch is a-coming. I know she said, Marvin, and she, he said, it's the truth. And so they quit playing their ball to watch to see her come over the broom. But she didn't come over the broom. And she knowed that room was there. Them steps, they was one about this high and one on about here. Well, she'd come right around the edge of that porch. I had a chimney in the old home fireplace. She'd come right up next to the wall, pull up that big skirt and step right over that canister around my porch, you seen. Stepped right over it, walked right close up the edge of the wall and into the door. Well, they seen she didn't cross the room, so they run and got another one and put it up under like the house here. If she went back out the door, she had to go back in. So they put one under the door there. She thought it was playing ball, but or we did. She knew this putting that room. Well, at the kitchen porch, you had to go out of the door here on the kitchen porch and down a set of steps right. Well, they put another room under it. Crossways. An old straw room. You've seen this room stage around. That's what I swept my yard with. This saved my good room. So they got hit and they hit with the kitchen door. And she had to have to go back out the door on the front porch or down them steps once from a porch was this high or higher. And she was an old woman. Well, she sat there a while, and I'd put in the morning, I hiding everything I had. But I thought maybe they'd want to borrow it. I'd carry it in the back room, stashed it on the bed, and covered it up. You know, where she, no, I wouldn't look. And she couldn't see that I didn't have it. Well, she wanted to borrow some snow, and I said, I don't have a bit. Oh, she gave me what I got now. Sat there a bit and said she wanted to borrow some coffee. I said, we ain't got a bit of coffee. I said, when they quit at the sawmill ceiling, John's going to the store to get some. She sat there and talked on a while, and she wanted some cornmeal. And I said, I'm sorry, I had to cook biscuit for dinner. I ain't got a bit of cornmeal. He's going to take, go to the store this evening and get some. At, well, she said, we're going to send the seat and get some for supper. And she sat there, and she sat there, and she said, well, I guess I better go. I said, there's no need for you to hurry. She said, I just kept a churning, you know. And, oh, she, she sat there like she was scared to death. And I was looking at him and tapped the basher with a churn, the basher one, but she didn't say anything about it. But I would have. Now, I don't have other hay. I just kept a churning right on. You know what a churn is, how you churn with a wooden churn. Well, she got up and she walked out on the porch and instead of going out to the end and going down the steps at the end of the porch, she caught a hold of a porch post and swung her way off at the side of the porch. And on up the road she went. 
and never before had she ever been to my house. I know her. She's dead now. Never before had she ever been to my house or anybody else's. But what she said, she was raised to go out the same door she come in at. But she knew that room then to kill her and put up on that corner of the house. She had a house to cross it or go out the other way, so she went out that way. Well, the next day I sprang my milk and said, so good as ever. I wrote Brenda Moore a letter and told her my cow was good. I turned on the dime, the witch come, and I didn't let her have anything. The milk was good. Now, now that's the truth. If she'd crossed that broom, what would have happened? Well, if she'd have crossed that broom, she wouldn't have been able to bewitch nothing else. That broke her witchery. Yeah. That's really strange, isn't it? You know, because you don't think about witches. I've read about them, but somehow or another, I never did think there's anything to it. It's like going to the moon. I may be wrong about the moon going if They may go to the moon. I don't know. But I wouldn't believe it if I was there. Because I don't think they could make it. But anyhow, that don't differ if the door don't. But I never did think anything about it. But now I do know there was something wrong with that milk. And after I turned on that dime, it was all right. So that does prove there's something to it.